KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As uh, we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours, appreciate you carving out some of your morning to spend with us. Uh, Miller and Condon, Monday through Friday from 10 until noon on 1460 KXNO. BMW of Des Moines guest list uh, for the program here today in the 10 o'clock hour. In fact, the bottom of the hour, we'll uh, reach out to Alex Halstead, 24-7 sports cyclone alert. We'll talk Iowa State uh, in the basketball program with Alex toward the bottom of the hour. Maybe a football no, uh, nugget or two uh, in the conversation at 11.15 uh, for the first of, well, many Mondays in a row. Rob Doster from NBC Sports, collegebasketballtalk.com. I got that right? You do. Uh, will join us at 11.15. Rob does a terrific job uh, not only opining on college basketball, Looking at his picks on college basketball, he went eight zero. Well, I, knowing Doster, he'll give it right back. Don't Good. you worry. Well, yeah. most most people do, right? Yes, right. That's most the way it people goes. do. Nobody's coming off an eight zero. And we'd look, it's more in gambling with Rob. Rob is very in tune to the sport, and we will pick his brain every Monday as we have for the last couple of years. And we're grateful to have him back on board again here uh, this year. Eleven fifteen, Rob Doster. Eleven thirty or thereabouts, probably eleven thirty five. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. He's got a brand new piece at the Athletic on Iowa basketball. Uh, in their uh, season, and you know, how can they keep this up has got to be the question. I can't tell you how entertained I was watching that game of the Palestra. Yes. As good as football was this weekend, and it was great, and you know me, I'm a football guy, mm-hmm. that, that Iowa basketball game against Penn State, Trent, it was terrific. It was great theater. It, it was. was. a great environment, no something question. you normally don't see with a Penn State basketball yeah. game. Well, they had to go to a neutral site to get that, but that's okay. It was highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. You heard national people, Rob Doster, Matt Norlander, Gary Parrish, saying it was the game of the weekend. It was the most entertaining game of the weekend in college basketball. It was that good. And though Iowa comes up short, and this is one certainly that, that's going to be frustrating. There's elements mm-hmm. we'll get into about this game. My takeaway Penn State's really good. Yeah, there's a lot of good teams, Trent, that normally, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about Big Ten, right? You talk yeah. about Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State. Maybe Purdue mm-hmm. periodically they're going to climb into things, but man, oh man, there is some uh, there's some depth. Look, I watched Rutgers on what night was it? Friday. Night. I get it was Nebraska, and they're really bad. They are. Rutgers has some dudes. Yes. Last night, what a great way to end the sports weekend, at least for me. Uh, I guess it was the next to last because I watched the Ducks and the Preds late. Okay, but watch Purdue and Illinois. I think Purdue is good, not yeah. so much on the road. I've told you I like this Illinois team. Maryland absolutely belongs in any conversation you're talking about. The, I think the top of the Big Ten. This this conference is a, you know what? And with that, this shows the importance tomorrow night for Iowa because yeah, beat Nebraska. The conference is so good, road wins are going to be incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe where some of the frustration, I think, is coming from Hawkeye fans taking that loss. And Was there really frustration or disappointed I that they were dis- so close? Disappointment maybe is probably the, the better term for it. But mm-hmm. because it's so tough, you have to beat Nebraska. They also get Northwestern here early on the road. By the way, Trent, Nebraska, Northwestern's just decimated by injury. So I looked ahead, right, because I, I, I watched Sunday night and I thought, wow, this is really good. The Big Ten Sunday night, mm-hmm. 10 the sports weekend. They've got three more time slots. 
three more that I saw, the Big Ten on Sunday night. Okay. Northwestern's in every single one of them. Yeah, maybe they drew the short, short straw because eh, if they only if they would have had a pulse, I'd have been all for it, right? right. But, eh, anyways, go ahead. Finish your point. I'm sorry to interrupt. But, but it's just the, the difficult nature of this schedule and the way that it sets up. We've talked about the back half, and it's going to be a lot more difficult for Iowa. Mm-hmm. But getting road victories is important. With what they did in the non-conference, they get to 10-10. and 10. Mm-hmm. They're going to be fine. I think so, They'll too. They'll be a tournament team. And yep. They'll be short of Dayton, I think, with that in the actual sixty-four team. Gotcha. Yes. With that, they'll get a spot. Now at nine and eleven, gets a little more uh-huh. hairy, and you also have to have some nice wins in there. You can't just beat up on the Nebraskas and Northwestern right. in the world getting to those nine victories. You got to get some nice victories in there, and you're going to have those opportunities here. But tomorrow night, ultra important for mm-hmm. Iowa. The next two Friday nights in Carver, how about that? Two quality opponents coming in. You have to find a way at the very least, I think, to get a split. And maybe you have to win both of those basketball games. It's going to be a fun run here. The Big Ten top to bottom, really, really good. And I think there are, what, 11 teams right now that feel like we got a chance to get in. Mm, you know what? Let's take a minute and, and, and look at that. So you, you think 11, okay. Cross off Nebraska, cross off yes. Northwestern. Yes. Those two right. teams are out. Uh-huh. Is there anybody else you're crossing off? At this point in the Gophers, season? Gophers, maybe? Mm, They'd probably be the one. Yeah, they would be the one. But they got some guys, too. They do. Uh, yeah, they would be the one that would I would think if you're looking at it right now. Because, look, Rutgers, again, they beat Nebraska, but they got three legitimate dudes on that team. Mm-hmm. I like Illinois. Michigan, Michigan. Look, Wisconsin. We haven't mentioned Wisconsin. How about that I, win Friday night? Trent, they're better, I think. Watch you that, I'm just... Now, I understand Ohio State had an injury. One mm-hmm. of their starters was yeah. out. Who was it? Uh, I don't remember. But regardless, that was at home. Uh-huh. And this goes right. to what I told you about Ohio State going into the weekend. Win on the road and then the whiskey did. Some of the limitations for this Ohio State team and why I wasn't putting them at that upper level, they don't got many guys that can just go get right. their own. Right. They're just not the you way that, that they're built. You said that last week, and I, didn't, I wasn't sure you were going down the right path, but certainly watching Friday night, I know what you, I know what you meant. That point guard situation, DJ mm-hmm. Carton's going to be good. Oh, no, it's going to be really good. But there's going to be those kind of games. As uh-huh. we talked about on the Iowa side with Joe Toussaint, freshman, they're going to have those freshman games where they just look awful. Yeah. And Carton has had a couple of those this season. That's a concern for Ohio State. That's why I don't think they're a Final Four team. They're a good team. They're a mm-hmm. solid four seed, something in that range. Who is the I – mean, I mean, back off a step from Final Four. Go to Elite Eight. How, is there – Michigan State still. I think so, too. I'd put Maryland in How about there. Xavier Tillman? Did you watch that game? I, much I didn't watch a ton of it, but I saw enough he's of it. He's just – He's another one of those guys. You see him early on, all right? Here's this mm-hmm. big, strong, physical mm-hmm. guy that's pretty limited offensively. Yeah, yeah. And now he's a nice offensive right. player. He blocks six shots, which he, I mean, he's but always Trent, been a good defender. They, they test him early in the year and look, mm-hmm. at, look at the dividends that it pays. And this is yet another example of that. Maryland talent wise, and the way they run Andy on off the gym. They're legit, Trent. Oh, man. When Cohen is going mm-hmm. like he can, he's the key. Jalen Smith, he's he's also a guy that's terribly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But when he's right... Frustrating. Wiggins is athletic oh, as hell. He was unbelievable Saturday. He was as good as anybody, I think, uh-huh. in college basketball over the weekend. He played at a high level. Talent-wise, it's Maryland, but... Yeah, I know where you're going. Smart Church. <laughs> yeah. I just... Yeah. I, I can't trust the guy. Uh-huh. Until I see it, I can't trust that guy. But they have a ton of talent there. Michigan, I think, is more in that... They're well, not they peaked too early. Yeah. In November, they weren't that <laughs> really? good. They're not as bad as they've looked here recently. They're somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I think that's where you put the Wolverines. Now Winston had other plans for them yesterday. Yeah. Jesus. That was unbelievable. And then you get to this middle part with Iowa mm-hmm. and Illinois. And there's a whole bunch really of teams like in Penn there. Penn State. 
And I think we got to throw Wisconsin back throw in there Throw Rutgers again. in there, too. Uh, no doubt. That team is really, really uh-huh. good. This is going to be a long, long slot. Oh, it's going to be fun. Going to be fun. No doubt about that. Big 12, on the other hand, Trent. Look, I... Uh, I, I, I don't want to come in here and, and just beat the crap out of Iowa State. I, I really don't. Their fans are uh, they're they're handling that for us here today. Not all of them, certainly some of them. Um, but that that as we talked about last week, we didn't want to call it a must win game because that's crazy to think conference game number one is a must win <laughs> right, game, right. right? But at the same time, it had a feel like boy, it'd sure be nice if they could get off on the right foot because here comes Kansas on Wednesday. When do they have Baylor? Not neck, not after Kansas. Oklahoma then Baylor. Right. Oklahoma then Baylor. And Oklahoma. Oklahoma's, I mean, Kruger's got his guys playing pretty well, too. But, you know, I, I don't know what it is with this Iowa State. I mean, certainly the offense is, is, get, is get Halliburton the ball and everybody stand around, see what he can do, help bail us out, save us, mm-hmm. right? And when he doesn't do that, it, it's frustrating. I, I know that uh, there's a, a lot of talk about the blown call at the end, not giving Iowa State the ball, and they probably should have, and, and Higgins righting a wrong because he missed, didn't blow the whistle earlier. And, um but you know what? You got you you got you had a guy in how do you say his name? Nimbard. He can't who, shoot. He, well, he couldn't shoot, but he sure could shoot this uh, this game. He was six for eight from behind three. You're going to run into that every now and yeah. then, right? Every now, one, once or twice a season, you're going to get a guy who statistically you don't even have to in the pre scout. Well, we don't really have to worry about him. Well, I don't know if that was the guy who ever had the pre scout for TCU, but Nembart was just unstoppable in the game. Um, I don't know how you don't give Samuel. Just you, you hack him every time he touches the ball. Trent, did you see the free throws when he could have iced the game? I'm not exaggerating. I'm really not. He must have missed the rim or the backboard by four feet on his first free throw. Yeah, it was ugly. So it was, I've never seen a worse free throw. I was. Uh, I had to run to the store to get myself a digital antenna. Oh, because you were in the DirecTV trick bag so, for Saturday night. I was listening to our friend Chris Williams on the call, and as they were coming down at the end, and they're talking about foul and defend and all those mm-hmm. different things, yep, too, yep, yep. one of the things that Eric Heft mentioned, just foul Samuel. Yes. Just foul Samuel. And that was at the time where I think it was tied. Maybe I think he well, it was tied it. a yeah. bunch, yeah. And I think it was you know, inside of a minute, and they mm-hmm. said, don't worry about playing defense. Just go, go foul him. <laughs> yes. Absolutely, the right, right. call. And, and I, I follow and defend. We we can go back, and the, I know the numbers are out there. That well, Prom said he wanted the foul. He right. had instructed his team, and for whatever there reason, there was that good screen that kind of disrupted he, or, things he had a little that, bit. Yeah, the dribble had that crossover mm-hmm. that, and I, maybe that's where it was going to happen. Right. Yeah. And he banked in a three. And he yeah. banked in a three. It's just you throw your hands it's up. One of those days. Bank One of those days. Now yeah. here comes Kansas, and here's the question for you know Perlman Company when they when they roll out the lineup on Wednesday night. What are they going to do? Are they going to? Because I thought four guards and Condit at the end of the basketball game might have been as effective as anything we've seen from them. No doubt. Um, look, Michael Jacobson can't play the four. Mm-hmm. I, I I have to believe that that is what is. Uh, behind this disappointing start to his senior season. Because look back last year, when it was him and four guards on the floor, mm-hmm. and granted, those were some dudes. Right. right? Those were some guys. Um, he was a different player, but this year he struggled mightily, Jacobson has. Young has been better early than he has been lately. I think Bolton's coming on a little bit. Nixon can defend you. Halliburton's a lottery player. They've got a lottery player in their starting lineup. 
Um, and they're getting beat by, you know, maybe the worst team in, in the Big 12, TCU. And what does that say for Iowa State? It says it's going to be a difficult It's going to be a long winter names. And with that loss that they have against Florida A&M, we talked about Iowa yeah. 9-11. and They're fine. Mm-hmm. For Iowa State at... Eight and ten? Oh, they're not winning eight games in the Big Ten or the Big Twelve. Even getting to eight oh, wins. Oh my god! I don't think that's enough. That would be work still to do. Go Kansas City, and, and you're going to have to do that just at eight and ten because that lost. It's it's going to linger for a very long time. But I'm, I'm right. Looking at this team right now, well, look at the past week. How are you went eight? And, and look at this stretch that the Iowa State has coming up. You mentioned. Let me, let me get Kansas. in front of you. Hang on a second. Let me get in front of you. I'll follow along with you. All, All right, right, go ahead. So Kansas. Yep. Home for Oklahoma. All right. I mean, winnable. Right? Hilton, I think Oklahoma's good, but certainly winnable. Back-to-back road games at Baylor and Texas Tech. Okay. Good luck. Yeah, right. I mean, we know the history between Iowa State and Baylor on basketball, mm-hmm. and it's not good. Now, they went into Texas Tech last year and had a big, big win. That was the one that kind of turned Texas it, Tech around. It they, was. They played completely different basketball yep. after that. You come home for Oklahoma State, who's looking good. Boynton's got his guys playing. Yeah. Oklahoma State has looked better than I anticipated. Now, they were awful against Texas Tech on Saturday. No, I didn't see any. They got of it. run out of the Did gym. They? Lost by thirty-five. Oh my god! Yeah, but they played at a, certainly a higher level that I anticipated. Here, you got that Auburn game in the SEC Big Twelve I, Challenge. Hang on a second. Auburn's unbeaten, aren't they? One of two right. remaining in college. Uh, San basketball. Diego State. Back to Baylor. Yep, is the other. Back to Baylor. Okay. Then two more road games: Texas and West Virginia. It, oh my god! It's not. So that's one. Two, I love three, that four, conference. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's ten games. Hmm. Two? What's what's best case scenario? Two and eight. I think two and eight's realistic. I was being optimistic. <laughs> yeah. I, can mm. can you carve out a path to even be five hundred? No, I think it's incredibly no difficult. No way. Not this, the way this team's no. playing. And here's the thing: that's not like there's anybody you know sitting out that's you know working their way right. back from an injury that's going to come in and save this team. Boy, Halliburton, he's he's going to sleep well after these games because he's carrying this this roster. He mm-hmm. is carrying this roster as far as it'll go. Who can jump up again? I think Bolton is is turning. He's becoming the player, at least for a couple of games that we thought that we were going to uh, going to see when he when he was uh, green lighted by the NCAA after the transfer. Young Jacobson Nixon's a defensive guy. He's not. He can shoot. Don't get me wrong. But he's um, not a guy that's going to throw the no, team on his shoulders. No, and, no, 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 no. And have a stretch where he scores ten out of twelve. That's not who he is offensively. Do they have to play? Do they have to start Wednesday like they finish Saturday? And that's with Condit and four guards. Just go that way. I think that's the case. I mean, you're sitting Jacobson and Young, two veteran guys. Yeah, they're going to be coming from off the bench, but what he's doing right now is not working. Outside of maybe four minutes a half playing two big guys together, it hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. And it's something a year ago I asked about a lot. I, oh, you weren't the only one. A lot of yeah. people were clamoring for it. Uh, talked to Halstead and Mons uh-huh. and, and all our Iowa State people. And why aren't they doing that a little bit more often? Well, maybe this is a reason for it. Maybe just the way that Solomon Young, when he was healthy a year ago, and Michael Jacobs and those two guys just, they don't mesh. They don't, they can't mm-hmm. play to, together well. There are certain guys that are that way, and that very well could be the case here. I think that's the direction you can go. Outside of four or five minutes each half, you're playing four guards out there with one of the bigs, and you go that direction. And maybe Condit has one of those games he's not playing well, and it's more Jacobson, or it is more Solomon Young. But that is what your lineup's going to be going forward. What other question for you? What happened to Terrence Liss? That's just a great question. I have no idea. Help me out. I, I have I, no idea. He played Trent pretty well. Yes. and then He, I he mean, started. He didn't get a minute of the 45 that were available, he didn't get a single one. Not one. I can shoot. Is he hurt? 
Maybe. Is he in the doghouse? Is he just that continually be, in the doghouse? Well, that's, 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 I think that's more likely than the, the injury scenario. I don't know. Something something's doesn't add up there. Uh, so we'll see. Kansas coming into town. That's an ESPN, what do we call it, plus? Yes. Now, is ESPN plus and ESPN three the same? Different. So I so do I have to if I get when I get ESPN Plus today uh-huh. or tomorrow I won't get ESPN three. You have ESPN three part of your Directv package, but it's not on TV, right? So it's not part of my Directv. Well, it is. Do you have a smart TV? Yes. Then you have no, it. no. I don't. There's not a smart guy running the remote. <laughs> then yes, you do have it. You just have to sign in with your Directv account. Oh, that's changed so many times over the years. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, that or your Apple ID. Your password just yes, continually changing, and it's God. wrong, and you get locked out, yes. and you got to sign back in. And then what, did you change the password to? Oh, yes, I, I've gone right? down that route many, yeah, I know I'm many not many the times. only one on yes. this. So, so it is different. It is different, okay. yes. So those are two because different Because there's a entities. lot of Valley games coming up. I right. mean, the Panthers, I think, were on their ESPN3, or maybe it was the one, one of them. Um, one of them. Anyways, uh, let's go. Let's move to the NFL. Trent, I mean, wild card weekend. Two of them go to overtime. The NFL just look. They were going to put up wonderful numbers anyway, but could, I, I haven't seen any television numbers yet. They just they they had to break records this weekend. The games were unbelievable. We had upsets. We had two overtime games. We had Brady in prime time and Belichick. I just want to say this, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that are giddy that it, that at least it seems like the dynasty has come to its end and sure. I get it. I mean, we're sick of seeing the Patriots time after but take a step back before you you know, whatever it is you want to do, you want to troll them or whatever, and appreciate what we've seen. We'll never see this again, Trent. No. I mean, think about how excited Everybody was in the 90s with, and, and there's going to be a 30 for 30 that's going to break 30 for 30 viewing numbers about these bulls. Mm-hmm. What the Patriots have done, and I get the Belichick and the deflate gate, and what other gates have they had? They had a bunch of gates. Right. Uh, but man, oh man, with, with those two, they, it, enjoy it for what it has been. It's been pure greatness. Until this weekend, they hadn't even played in Wild Card Weekend. Until Since 2009. Right. It's been a decade since a they decade. played in wildcard weekend. It's just the domination, the way, mm-hmm. and say what you will about the AFC East, and you can go through, and I know there's other metrics that say that division hasn't been as bad. It's about to be. Well, it's, been well, it's to about two. to be. It's about to change. Well, yeah. The Miami and, Dolphins and, are coming with Tua, right? Well, we'll find out in 50 minutes if he indeed is going to leave his name in. I, I, I can't see it. It's just a Tua. I can't see him going back to school. I'm right there with you. It doesn't make a lick of sense to me. The Dolphins at five, the the Chargers at six, and the Panthers at seven. There's no way in hell those three quarterback teams, one of them is not going to risk taking Tua. I see the Brady to chart to the Chargers thing. A lot of that, yes. Why? What's what's he going to do that Phillip Rivers wouldn't? It's a good question. They say he's going to, they need him to sell Sell tickets in LA, but okay. They hadn't sold one PSL. Really? As of, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Hadn't sold you one PSL in the new stadium that'll be opening up next season. That's the reason that you go get Tom Brady. But, but so will that, 
Will that make people write a check? I would guess so. It's L.A. People love the glitz and glamour uh, and the name that they well, can he's follow. Certainly, he's certainly bringing that with him. Um, but enjoy it. I mean, yeah, extract your pound of flesh if you must. But think back. I mean, the records, the Super Bowls, what this team has done. I'll guarantee you. All the Chiefs fans, all the Ravens fans slept like babies Saturday night, knowing that that team from the AFC East is no longer standing in their way this year. The AFC, all of a sudden, you don't have to beat those Patriots to get to where you want to be. But now you got Derrick Henry. Trent, you know what? They're nine and a half point dogs. Are they nine and a half? That's what the number is, yeah. You want to see Tennessee? It's up to 10? It's up to 10. You want to see Tennessee? No. And Derrick Henry? No. I know I wouldn't. Tannehill. Tannehill, look what he's doing. Yeah. They got some receivers on the outside. I like the Smith, the tight end. He's fast. And they got a good coach, too. And they have a good coach. Playoff tested, player tested coach. Right. Oh, it's going to be fun. Going to be this past weekend. The New Orleans Vikings game was off the charts. Just incredible finish. And you could tell right away that the first possession where Thielen fumbled, mm-hmm. but they held they, him to three. But they were moving the football they right were. away. Yeah, it's like, oh, all right, they got something. Mm-hmm. And then they held him to a field. Well, they had Delvin Cook, whose whose oh, battery's fully charged. You can tell that guy he's got a little something left mm-hmm. in the legs, huh? You know what bothered me about the game? Stephon Diggs' antics, and I know he's a wild receiver, and yeah. for 80% of them all have that diva in them, right? But going to the sidelines and throwing his helmet off because he hasn't been involved in the in the game yet, I mean, maybe you're not getting balls thrown your way, but you're taking two guys to open it up for a team, one of your teammates, and oh, by the way, Stephon, look at the scoreboard. You're in New Orleans, you're, uh, you're in the playoffs, you're on the road, and you're winning. In a you're big winning. T- I... I, I... I'm right there with you, and it's kind of who he is. They all are. I mean, four out of five are like that. Right, and he's he's always been that way. He always wants the ball, mm-hmm. and I guess in a way you do have to like that. But I, I thought the exact same thing. This game, the way it's playing out, if you're down 31-7, okay. Right. Bitch. You're not. Yeah. It's 20-10. to 10. Mm. You're up in this game. And who made a play? Rudolph. Well, who and who made a play to get Rudolph to make the play? Before, prior to that, who made the pass? Kirk Cousins, prime time, big spot. Well, it wasn't prime time. No, it but afternoon. it was prime time in the end. It was playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I, okay, it wasn't Monday Night Football. I can put that asterisk there. Yeah, I guess you can, <laughs> Bear fan. Um, but he made a play, and Thielen gained a whole bunch of redemption. His adjustment to that football, his Cousins dropped it in a bucket. And I get why Saints fans are pissed off here today. I get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rudolph pushed off. He did. There's, there's no. That's why the rule was put in place. And of all places for this to rear its head again, right? Just, I mean, the irony not lost on anybody. But you know what? They looked at it in New York and said, "Green light, game over." Vikings back on a plane back home, a week of practice, we're five days of practice, I get, and off they go to the Niners, where they're um, six and a half. What did, what did the New Orleans game close at? Eight or eight and a half? Uh, officially, let's find it. Seven here. and a half, eight, eight and a half? Seven and a half is All right, and they're only a six and a half point dog in San Francisco. Yeah. I give them a real shot. I, I do too. I told you all last week, I like the Vikings' chances of at least making this a game. Mm-hmm. I You've heard me say about this Vikings team. I like the roster. I well, like what they have. Talked about defense is talented. Yes, Daniel Hunter and and losing two cornerbacks. Yeah, 
and still to play at that mm-hmm. level against New mm-hmm. Orleans. Best quarterback in the game might have been Taysom Hill. <laughs> they couldn't tackle him. Couldn't. They and, couldn't tackle him. And that throw, I, I absolutely loved it. Breeze comes off the field. I don't. Why? Well, yeah, yeah. He was right though. I don't like any play that doesn't involve Drew Brees. <laughs> Boom, fifty yards down the field. Yeah, I had to wait for it to get there. You're right, and it just got there. Xavier Rhodes got all turned around, and then he got a real uh, little brouhaha on the sidelines with Harrison yes. Smith and one of the defensive coaches. Uh, but he made a play late in the game and got hurt. Got a little shoulder stinger in that one. So he's a guy to watch this. Have week. you? Yeah. Have you seen anything I have not. updated? I haven't either. I have not. He looked in pain. And then he still made that play, that knockaway, mm-hmm. right after he hurt his shoulder. Mm-hmm. He's a talented guy. Well, he certainly was. Is it mental? I don't know. Something physical happening with him? Hard to tell, but at the very least, you know the talent is in there. Mm-hmm. San Francisco? San Francisco's been inconsistent at the very least. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game, Trent. I really do. I mean, we could, I don't know if we're going to see this. I mean, it's never happened, right? Five versus six in, right. the, in a championship game. I don't think Seattle's going to get past Green Bay and the Vikings will get past. I could see one of the two happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could, uh, if I can even entertain in, in my mind that the five and the six advance, but Seattle's going to be a pain in the, you know what? I yes. think they're going to be a pain in the neck. Um, I'd sign up for that. Yeah, I would too. Sign up for Viking Seahawks NFC Championship yeah. game. That'd so, be good. so of the three, because we've got three local teams that survived to the divisional round, and how about all the new blood in the divisional round? Yes. The only team that was there last year in the what do you call it? Want to call it final eight? Call it final eight. Was Kansas City the only team that's a, that's a wow. repeat divisional uh, divisional playoff performer from last year? So, Chiefs, Packers, Vikings, most likely to play on championship weekend. The Chiefs. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. Houston down sixteen nothing. Yeah, and looked like it was going to be twenty three nothing after the uh, kick returner yes. flips the ball to the official. Right. You know that was the right call though. It the, was. Uh, I mean, he gave himself up. Now, do you really believe that it was the the referees on the field getting together and using common sense? No, it was the guys in the with the earpiece with the earpiece. Right. Yes. Saying because those guys never come running out onto the field right. and they all joined them. That's the way that it should be done. Yes. If we have replay, we have all these things, and you can go to New York, just get it right. That's Common what we sense. Ask for. Right. Common sense prevailed. Uh, and, and thankfully it did because, whoa, that was brutal. How about, you know, back to the uh, New Orleans Vikings game on the Dalvin Cook fumble that wasn't a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Did you see who was running down the field without his helmet on? No. To, to escort the. Saint into the end zone, clear as day on your picture. Teddy Bridgewater oh, really? on the field without his helmet running into the end zone to celebrate. How did they miss that? Get all that, right? I mean, come on. You can't be doing that. You can't be doing that, and you can't be missing that. In real time, I thought there was no way Ooh, his knee was down. I didn't either. Well, here it is. Mm-hmm. This is another Vikings loss in the playoffs. Yep. So look at that. And of all the ways to happen, because yes. I mean, Delvin Cook had played a hell of a foot. Offensive line was good. It was. Defensive line was terrific. The right Kendricks side and the, Barr were... The right side of the offensive line was really good for the Vikings. So uh, yeah. yeah. Right, Riley Reef mm-hmm. still... Right. It's not great. No. And Elf line, he, yeah, he had a couple of moments as well. Um One other play. You know what the officials missed? What game did they miss the delay of game? Houston, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, you know, I wrote it in my notes on my phone. Let me find it. There was uh, there was a there was a play clock that hit zero clearly, and they snapped it, 
and there was one in the game, one of the games yesterday was, too that was like that. Was it? It was it might have been Eagle Seahawks. Third and overtime. Oh, third okay. and eighteen. Houston Cl- clocks at zero. They got away with it. But remember, it hits zero. Then they look up. But it was clearly there was clearly. I mean, it would have been get, minus touch, one. You get touch leeway there. Oh, they gave more than that, I thought. I thought that was a bad, bad miss on their part. The little screen that the Vikings had set up, speaking of missed calls and the blatant holding as uh, the defender was going after Cousins. Now, it didn't get anything to Galvin Cook. Galvin Cook out to the left side. That was in overtime, though. I mean, the guy's going unimpeded to hit Cousins. He's not even going to get the ball away. Oh, I remember the play you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right in front of the official. I think it might have been Reef just literally grabs him from behind. No play. <laughs> yeah, no play. Here are the divisional teams, the, the seven teams that participate. Well, the Chiefs, we know. Here's the seven that, were, that joined them last year in no particular order. Pats, Rams, Chargers, Eagles, Cowboys, Colts, Saints. All of them. Bye-bye. You don't think there's parity in the NFL? You don't, why, you don't think that that's one of the things that elevates this league to the status that it has? Uh, think again. All right, guess what's... In this nationwide contest. Uh, what nationwide contest is that? Well, it's time to pay your bills with iHeart and 1460KXNO. Text the keyword TAXI to 200-200 right now for your chance to win $1,000. That's TAXI to 200-200. All right, so uh, we, we threw that off just a little bit here. The disclaimer... We don't have a sounder before the disclaimer. This is the first day for us, too. Right. We're certain not the kinks. We'll get it figured out. But just text that keyword. Taxi. Taxi. Let's make a little money for the people out there to start Absolutely. the Absolutely. 200-200 right now. Help pay your uh, holiday bills. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. We'll grab Alex Halstead on Iowa State. What does he think the lineup should look like on Wednesday night when the Jayhawks pay their visit uh, to Hilton Coliseum in Ames. 11-15, Rob Doster, National College Basketball Writer for NBCSports.com. Scott Dockerman, an hour from now. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. All right, welcome back. We're not going over real well in the building. We didn't write it. I didn't write it. I know. Um, Boyd still stands. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's fix Iowa State's basketball starting lineup. Do we got enough time? Well, let's find out. Alex Halstead, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Alex Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, yeah. Ready to start a, a new week here. A couple home games for Iowa State. And uh, it'll be a lot of lot of interesting things this week uh, to see how they you know come out against Kansas and Oklahoma this week. Uh, needing some wins. Yeah, they certainly do, and they, they at the very least need a split. You'd hate to start the season, the conference portion of the season, 0-3, uh, because if that's the case, then you got to go to Baylor and to Texas Tech, which is starting to snowball, if indeed it goes that way. So, let's get into what we saw at the end of the game, and they had Condit on the floor for a lot of it, uh, with four guards, and that seemed to maybe, I'm going to get your take on this, uh, to see the most uh, productive uh, lineup that Prom can put out there. I think Jacobson is playing out of position. He just, for whatever reason, and I thought he'd be able to handle the four, uh, but he was better last year when it was him and four guards on the floor. Granted, those were four pretty good guards. Um, but what do you do? What What is Prom going to do for Wednesday night? Does he almost have to insert Condit into the starting lineup? Well, I think at some point that seems to make the most sense, but as we've seen with, with Steve Prom over recent years, he's He's kind of, I don't know if stubborn is the right word, but he's taking his time on ever making any, any lineup changes. I think 
uh, whether you look back to um, you know the last couple of years, there's been different guys. I don't know. I think want to say Jameel McKay at one point, uh, uh, Cameron Lard. There's been just different things where he's kind of been slow to uh, make some different changes, and he's also kind of a lot of times stuck with his seniors, and so that's kind of the situation that we're, we're seeing right now with Michael Jacobson in there, and then obviously Solomon Young, but. We talked about this last week after the Ford A&M loss about what they could potentially do with that lineup, and we talked about how you know playing small or playing more George Condit might be their best option, and, and that proved accurate at least Saturday. You know, like you said, down the stretch, that's the lineup they went with was four guards and, and George Condit, and you know George Condit, you know I think certainly their best forward. You know, we look at last week and um, the Ford A&M game. You know, Jacobson and Young combined for six points and four rebounds, and we're just seeing consistently Condit be a double figure scorer and. Uh, he's a big rim protector, so I think he's their best forward. But but how soon they maybe switch to that? It'll be interesting. I think you know Steve Prohm's philosophy. You know, obviously seems to be it's more about who finishes the game than starts them. And, and right now, Condon's getting the bulk of those minutes. You mentioned Alex uh, about maybe slow to change. He was forced to make a change to the lineup without Halliburton against Florida A and M. Terrence Lewis was in the starting lineup. <laughs> then against TCU, Terrence Lewis doesn't get off the bench. Help me out here. What's going on? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's, yeah. it's a question fans have been asking on social media. We asked Steve Prom last week, or I guess yeah, I think it was Travis Hines uh, asked Prom last week uh, when we interviewed him after that Florida A&M, Florida A&M game. You know what was it? You know that made him go with Terrence Lewis as the starter of that game. Uh, Prom said he just wanted to give give Lewis a shot. You know that he he thought he. Uh, deserved to at least get a look and get some minutes. He said that he felt like it was probably about the same, no matter who he went with in terms of those few guys he could have picked. I, I assume he's referring to, you know, Caleb Grill and, uh, you know, Trey Jackson and some of those guys that he could have started in place of Halliburton last week. And so uh, I don't know if it's a case of, you know, him not liking what he saw against Fort A&M or what, but yeah, it was, we saw a lot of Caleb Grill out there. We saw a lot of Trey Jackson late uh, and no Terrence Lewis. So it continues to kind of be, um, a revolving door with him. I mean, he he got a look there for a, a, a collection of games, especially mm-hmm. after he played well against Iowa. But it, maybe conference play. This is when he's you know a lot of times when Perlman has started to limit uh, his rotations. Yeah, I don't understand it either. It's not like somebody's just taking those minutes and running with them. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, your thoughts on Nixon and Bolton? I'll, I'll give you where I am. I, I really like uh, Nixon defensively, and he can he can um, you know he can score. Uh, but Bolton seemingly his last couple of games is starting to come on. We saw him go crazy without Halliburton in the lineup uh, a couple of games back, and then I thought he followed that up. He he certainly wasn't the reason that they left Fort Worth without that W. I, I think Bolton's starting to. Yeah, look looked like the kid that they thought they were getting when he left Penn State and, and uh, the NCAA granted him uh, immediate eligibility. Uh, Nixon and Bolton. Yeah, I think that's right with with Bolton. I think he started to look like the the player that at least we'd heard about in practice a little bit, and and that you know I think fans and coaches expected to get from Penn State. And you know he is just still a sophomore, so I guess you know maybe it's taking him some time to get acclimated to a new system and and that sort of thing. But if he plays like he has the last few games, the last few weeks. You know, I think that's kind of the Bolton that people want to see, uh, whether it's the rest of this year or, or next year um, as, as a junior. So, you know, he, he's really taking a step forward. I think Nixon's hit some shots here and there. But, mm-hmm. again, like you said, he still could kind of continues to be that defensive guy, which isn't the worst thing in the world, mm-hmm. but I think they need a little bit more offensive production from him if they're going to, you know, start winning some of these Big 12 games. But, you know, Bolton, Condit, Halliburton, I think those three players are all playing pretty good basketball right now. But, 
you know, the guys around them, it's kind of hit and miss, where, whether it's Nixon, uh, Young, Jacobson. Uh, we still don't know really what, you know, Caleb Grill and Craig Jackson, you know, can, can contribute. So, you know, that's kind of their problem right now is they, they have always had Halliburton. I think Condit's really come onto his own. Uh, and then, you know, even with uh, Bolton now starting to play well, that's three guys, but you need a lot you need a lot more consistency around them. And I think that's where they're kind of lacking at times. Fowler defense situation late in the game, three-point lead. Prome said afterwards that he wanted to foul, but they weren't able to do it here. What's your line of thinking, Alex? What's your philosophy, what you like to see teams do late in the game with a three-point lead? Yeah, sometimes I, I kind of waver depending on the situation, which, you know, I don't know if that's the right stance or not, but I was watching, you know, this game back back in Iowa, and, um, you know, the you know, from the timeout on, I thought they would. I thought they should foul. Um, you looked at that game, and you know, really two guys had scored at one point. You know, the two guys had scored sixty of their sixty-five points, and I think you know, you know, they're going to get it to one of them, and um, you know, you had struggled to to defend those guys, and I, I thought they should have fouled. You know, like you said, Prom told the media that was in Fort Worth after the game that that was the intention was to foul. I think once they got past half court, and uh, they didn't get it done, so. Um, it was kind of weird to watch. You know, I thought they might foul right around half court, and then, you know, George Condit had a chance to come out, and he he didn't foul, but he also came out late on the guy. And um, yeah, it's a banked in three, but you know, that was one of the guys that had, had been doing any of TCU scoring. And right. So, um, that's 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 a game they probably should have won. And uh, yep. you know, it, coming off that Florida A and M game, it, it's it's another difficult loss. But also, like you guys had said before, you know, now they go into Kansas and then. Uh, Oklahoma's beatable at home, but you know, then the next week you've got a couple tough road games. So, you know, they're in a in a difficult spot right now, and uh, that TCU game just continues to you know kind of put them behind. Uh, they got a lottery player clearly in, in Tyrese Halliburton, who's just playing uh, off the charts. He's he's so fun to watch, and you know what? I guess if, if the season doesn't. Um, turn around, and if it uh, looks as though this team is going to finish toward the bottom of the conference, you know what? You use your tickets and go up and wa- go out and watch this kid play because he's worth the price of admission. Triple double on the road at Fort Worth. Uh, what he finished with twenty two, twelve, and ten, just unbelievable. Played every one of the forty five minutes that were available. Where would they be without him? Yeah, they'd probably look a lot more like that Fort A and M. They didn't have have Halliburton, and you know you're right. I mean he's. He's just a, a major difference maker. I think there's probably different ways you can try to quantify it with some of the advanced analytics, but it's just his presence on the court. And then when he's doing what he's doing uh, in this sophomore season, I mean, I think we talked this offseason what he needed to do points points wise. And, you know, I didn't think he would take even this kind of jump in terms of offensive scoring. You know, I think he's above 17 points a game. And, um, you know, I think you, I would probably would have been happy if it was, you know, 14 to 15 type of type of numbers to, you know, go with what he's doing uh, in terms of rebounding and, and assisting. So uh, he's just been a really good player for them. And, um, you know, you're seeing him play through some stuff right now, too. I mean, I think you saw a few times, you know, when he went to yeah. the ground or whatever, he's still grabbing at that left yep. wrist. Um, you know, he didn't really tell us last week, you know, where it's at. He did say there's still some pain that he'll have to play through. But the, that kind of is the question is, you know, the way this, this scheduling goes, I think there is a bye game this year where I would think it's kind of a, a one game in a week instead of two. But you're playing two games a week now, and it's, it's difficult to see that, that risk fully healing this season. But um, it looks like uh, he can play fine just just with it wrapped up. So if this season goes the way that it looks like it's trending to, missing the NCAA tournament, 
Where's the fan base going to be with Steve Prohm? Mm. You're number five. It'll be his second miss of the NCAA tournament the last three seasons. The only tournament was a year ago getting beat in the first round by Ohio State. He got a contract extension amendment a year ago, but what's it going to be, and is there a, a really chance for question. some ugliness? Yeah, you know, I think that's that's definitely a possibility. I think fans are already a little bit on edge mm-hmm. right now. Um, one of it, one of those reasons is you know you lose to Florida and right. and I think until that gets a little farther away, you know that's that's going to be one of the big reasons. But you know, I think fans are starting to get uh, a little annoyed with with not winning games at Hill Coliseum. Uh, you just look at recent years; they've even when they went to the tournament last year, they lost four games in conference play. Um, they're starting to just lose more at Hilton. I think that's one thing that you know, you know, you know, like a three or four year span with with Fred Hoiberg, you saw them lose like four or five home games, and now that's kind of what they're losing per year at Hilton. And so I think that's starting to get get fans annoyed. And then I think the other thing that's going to have you know people on edge a little bit is you know next season you you almost certainly obviously lose Tyrese Halliburton, mm-hmm. and you know you bring in four freshmen. Uh, you know, maybe you bring in a transfer, you bring in Javon Johnson as a sit-out transfer, but it's going to be kind of back to square one again where you have a lot of new faces and maybe some of those guys turn into players, but you lose potentially an NBA lottery pick and don't bring in, you know, some clear player that's going to, you know, make them a tournament team suddenly next year. So I think that's that's the reason that, that I think, uh, you know, he's not going to be on the hot seat, I don't, I don't think necessarily, but I think um, it's going to be a... a kind of tenuous situation just because of all those factors combined. And, and Alex, do you, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you tweet that in, in uh, Prohm's press conference after Florida A&M that he and the team are really focusing on protecting the home floor, protecting Hilton? Wasn't that a big talker uh, after the loss to Florida A&M? Well, I think it was actually a little bit before. I, I can't remember if it was uh, the, the week or two before, but around the Iowa game he had talked about Is that what it was? start defending Hilton and and then, you know, since since they've started talking about that, which it was a talking point coming into the season because, you know, Prome knows that last season, you know, they made the tournament, but losing four Big 12 games at home is not really what they're used to and what, you know, in this conference, if you're losing four games at home, that really puts a lot of pressure on you to win on the road. Um, and they've been actually a little bit better on the road. You know, I think Prome's got like three or four top 25 road wins in conference play since he's been at Iowa State. But you can't lose those games at home because if, if you're losing at home where they used to go 7-2, and 8-1, and 0 um, all of a sudden, you know, it's difficult to even be 9-9 nine and nine in the conference if you're losing four or five Big 12 games at home. About a month away from football signing day, the second one, of course, back in December. 21 Cyclones pledged their uh, commitment there. Anything left here for, I believe they can sign up to four guys coming up in February. What's bowling around? I know you do a lot of work there at Cyclone Alert on the recruiting side. Yeah, it's possible there could be some high school guys that maybe do pop up. Right now there's not much in, in terms of high school guys um, my expectation for Iowa State, whether it's in February or if it takes longer into March, um, is that they would like to add some graduate transfers. Uh, I think mm-hmm. you know the one area you got to for sure watch on the graduate transfer market is offensive linemen. Um, I think if they could add an offensive tackle or probably any sort of veteran offensive lineman, they would like to do that. You know they're happy with some of what comes back on that line next year. Um, Colin Newell and, and uh, Trevor Downing. Uh, they've got some other young guys, whether it's Joey Ramos, who we saw in the Texas Tech game, or. Uh, Robert Hudson, who's kind of been waiting uh, behind Josh Kniffel. Um So they've got some young guys, two guys with experience, but I think they'd really like to get a graduate transfer offensive lineman um, to be a little bit more veteran going into next season uh, in one of the most critical spots. I think you can always kind of count on them to at least scour the market for a graduate transfer defensive back. Um, that's just something I think they've brought in almost every year. But those two positions, I, I know they've looked at some kickers, but, you know, Connor Sally returns next year. So unless they want to, 
you know, have someone else to push him or be the long kicker. Um, you know, he's, he was pretty good down the stretch, making eight of his last nine field goals, and I think they at least feel comfortable that they have a kicker there, even with the transfer of Braden Narvison. Uh, Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. Alex, thank you. We will uh, talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Yep, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Alex Halstead uh, on Iowa State. All right, in about 25 minutes, Rob Doster on college basketball from a national perspective. Uh, in 40 minutes or thereabouts, Scott Docterman from The Athletic. He's got a good piece on uh, on hoops, Iowa hoops, that uh, just got posted at The Athletic today. So Docterman coming up in about 40 minutes. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 146.org. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Short segment here, 11 o'clock hour. Uh, coming up next, just real quick, uh, Mike McCarthy, former Green Bay Packer head coach, is back in the league uh, with a similar role. He will be guiding the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones got his man. He did. Had to stay overnight at the Jones compound. <laughs> I guess that seals it, apparently. Oh. If Jerry invites you to spend the night... Uh huh. You can pretty well guarantee the deal, huh? that's going to get it done. I guess Mrs. Jones makes a hell of a breakfast. I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah. So when did they officially? When did the announcement come out? Like they didn't have to fire him. When did Jason, they consummate the relationship? No, no, no. The Garrett oh. that he's not coming back. I think it was yesterday, wasn't it? I, I still that timeline. Everything is just so weird about the, all of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the slam dunk of slam dunks. Fire the guy. Again, but he, like they him. didn't have to fire him. He didn't have a contract. Well, wasn't it January 14th that actually officially was done? Eh, I get, but their season's over. You talk but, about semantics. What, is, this, is this really going to prevent him not getting fired? Right, it'll prevent him from doing a, getting another getting a job. job. Right. You know, teams are looking around, well, you know, Cleveland. Yeah, we can't get Garrett there. Yeah. Jones got him locked up. Right. Uh, look, it, I, I, I do think that there was something about the relationship between sure. Garrett and Jones. But uh, Mike McCarthy, back in the league, I, I think... Um, I mean, I don't. I'm not, certainly not a Cowboys fan. I'm not sure I know. Well, Jason Luches, um, but I got to think that that would make Cowboy fans. That's a good hire, don't you think? I mean, he's an offensive. He's a brilliant offensive mind. He is, though. I mean, things got in a quarterback. Let's be honest. Contentious yeah. late with him and Rogers, which can happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, if I had to make a prediction, how this is going to play out, I don't think well. I don't see him. <laughs> Getting them to an NFC Championship game, even I, it's kind of more of the same to me. Yeah, and we'll see what the rest of the staff looks like. What four? I think of the assistant coaches are expected to stay on. Oh, are they? Kellen Moore. One Moore of them. is going to stay. Yeah, that was. But one how's of that going to work? Because McCarthy likes to call the plays, right? And that needs to be figured out. I'm sure it was during the slumber party. <laughs> figured out how that's going <laughs> to go. Sl- <laughs> well, Colombo, I think the offensive line coach uh-huh. was another one, and I think two guys on the defensive Mark side. Colombo. Yeah, they. Uh, I, I just, it's not a hire that I say, wow. Yeah, what, what was Maybe out there that would have made you say, wow? There's really nothing out Probably there. Probably nothing. Yeah. I don't think there is either. I, I think Washington got it right. I like Ron Rivera there. I do too. You know, But and, you can look at his overall record and it doesn't wow you. No, I got to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cam Newton was playing at an MVP status. Right. <laughs> Three uh, division titles, I think, in eight years, something like that. I like Ron Rivera. I do too. Chico, Riverboat as he was Ron. called back in the day mm-hmm. when he was with the Bears. And the probably Bears. the Bears connection has what something to do with it. What number was he? 40, what, 40 something? 46? 46? No. no, that was Fensick. That was Gary Fensick, yeah. yeah. I don't remember. Wilbur Marshall, 59? Mm, or, yeah. 
I don't remember. Anyways, we will uh, come back with the uh, 11 o'clock hour. We're going to talk some basketball, college basketball, for the first time. First of many Mondays in a row. Rob Doster is going to join us, NBCSports.com. He's very good. Uh, Then bottom of the hour, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on Iowa, both basketball and football as we take you until noon. Another keyword coming up as well. It's 1460 KXNO.